Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about one of my favorite companies, Paleo Valley. They make some of the world's best health products, and I really love their Essential C Complex which is one of the only immune boosting products on the market that's made from whole food sources of vitamin C that your body can effectively absorb. You see, most vitamin C products only contain a fraction of vitamin C called ascorbic acid. This is the synthetic form of vitamin C and it's often processed with GMO corn. With essential C complex, you get the full spectrum of vitamin C with all the additional nutrients, minerals, and bioflavonoids that make it so powerful in the first place, the way nature intended. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains three of the most potent sources of vitamin C on the planet, the unripe acerola cherry, the amla berry, and the kamu kamu berry. The acerola cherry alone is 120 times more potent than an orange. The daily recommended amount of vitamin C was decided upon based on the amount of vitamin C you need to not get scurvy, not really the amount you need for a stronger immune system. And this is why Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains 750% of your daily recommended value of vitamin C, completely sourced from nature, so you can thrive, not just survive. You see, vitamin C is an extremely fragile nutrient and it can very easily lose potency if it's not processed correctly. So Paleo Valley has worked with the most responsible manufacturers they could find to gently break down each of these fruits. And to guarantee no vitamin C was lost in the processing, they recruited a non-biased third-party tester to confirm it contains the amount they put on the label. Because in times like these, when everything seems uncertain, your immune system shouldn't be. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and made with all organic superfoods. No fillers or flow agents that you'll find in most supplements. Nothing weird, just food. Check out paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS, just simply my last name, JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S today to get 15% off your order. This podcast is an audio recording of a video I did answering your most common questions when it comes to intermittent fasting and extended fasting. You guys are going to get some real nuggets out of this. If you've ever tried intermittent fasting, partial fasting, or extended fasting, 
you've probably had some of these questions that I address in this podcast. So you guys definitely want to stay tuned. You're going to love this information. And if you haven't given us a five-star review, please do that now. When you give us a review, that actually helps us reach more people and impact more lives. So thanks so much for doing that. And let's go into the show. Hey guys, I get so many questions from you guys about intermittent fasting. Many of you guys know that I wrote a best-selling book called The Fasting Transformation that you know has been sold all around the world. People are reading it, seeing amazing results doing intermittent fasting, partial fasting, and extended fasting. But I continuously get some of the same questions. So I really wanted to do my best to, um, to help answer those and to give you guidance and clarity when it comes to these questions. And so the first question is this, what's the difference between intermittent fasting, partial fasting, and extended fasting? Intermittent fasting is a a type of fasting, we can also call it time-restricted feeding, where we are eating during the course of a day, but in a consolidated time window, meaning that we would eat, for example, a common one is a 16-8 approach, where we fast for 16 hours and we eat in an eight hour eating window during the day. So it could be from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. So you wouldn't eat breakfast um, and then, well, you would eat breakfast, but that it would just be pushed out later because breakfast actually means breaking fast, right? So uh, if you had it at like 12 o'clock rather than in the morning um, and then you ate meals, you know, you could eat two or three meals. Uh, between 12 and 8, that would be an 8-hour eating window and a 12-hour, or I'm sorry, a 16-hour fast. So that's a a, a form of time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting. A partial fast is when we do a multiple-day low-calorie diet. So let's say we did five days and we did about half of what most people are normally consuming. But the average person out there consumes about 2000 calories, particularly the average woman. The average man is usually about 2,500 calories a day. And so if we cut that in half or even went to 40%, let's say we did 800 to 1000 calories for four or five days, that's called a partial fast. Now, we really wouldn't want to do that long-term because that can actually cause a lot of metabolic problems, but for a short period of time, Um, doing it for three days, four days, five days, it can be extraordinarily healthy. And a lot of people do this. You've probably heard of people doing things like juice fasts, where they fast and all they do is they blend up a bunch of fruit and vegetables and that's all they're consuming. And usually, because those are not high calorie foods, they're usually consuming, I don't know, 500, 600, maybe 800 calories during the course of the day. So they're still getting calories in, which does blunt some of the benefits of fasting. However, um, you know, there are other benefits to partial fasting, meaning that, you know, with partial fasting, you're actually consuming food. And so for people that are taking medications, um, some medications can be really rough to take on an empty stomach. So you're still consuming some food, so it can be easier to take those medications. For people that are really concerned about weight loss, um, it can be helpful for, chill, for, for teenagers that are wanting to do a fast to help reset their system, to help cleanse their body. Uh, it's a better approach because teenagers are growing quickly. They're still going to need calories. So it can be a, a good approach for a teenager doing that. So you've probably heard of a juice fast, maybe a bone broth fast, or even the Daniel fast um, is an approach to partial fasting. Because even in a Daniel fast, you're taking out grains, you're taking out meat, a lot of the higher calorie foods. And therefore, uh, many people, although not always, some people can consume their normal calorie load. A lot of times people are consuming less than their normal load. So that could be an example of a partial fast. And then an extended fast 
would be something like a three, four, five day, or even a seven day water fast. And on a on an extended fast, as I talk about in my book, some people will choose to do herbal teas, right? You typically are trying to avoid things that are stimulating, so you try to avoid caffeine uh, doing a, a fast like that. But you can do water, herbal teas, things like that. Um, that can be really beneficial. And an extended fast, you really drive up autophagy, drive up fat burning to a whole nother level. Um, your body really breaks down and heals and repairs at the deep cellular level. So it can be profound. And people that do this uh, once, twice, a few times a year notice extraordinary health benefits when they're doing this. Okay, But it is obviously a lot more restrictive and takes a lot more discipline. So anyways, that's the first question. Now, second question I always get is when does autophagy start? And autophagy, I've already used this term a few times today, but autophagy is basically when the body breaks down old damaged cells and cellular debris. Like within every cell, you have something called a mitochondria, which produces energy. And the mitochondria become damaged by oxidative stress and inflammation. And so we need to repair those or we need to get rid of them. If we're constantly eating throughout the day, we don't put our body in a physiological state where it can heal and repair. It's always growing and dividing. So you're either in a growing and dividing and building stage, or if you take time away from food, then your body's gonna start to uh, turn on genetic mechanisms to heal and repair, right? And starts to cleanse and recycle these cellular components. So when does autophagy start? It's gonna be different for each individual. But the typical rule is roughly around 17, 18 hours of fasting, there's like a genetic switch where autophagy gets really turned on. So if you are doing, for example, um, if you finish dinner at 6 p.m. and let's say you fast until uh, 12 the next day, you've turned on some autophagy right before you break that fast. And a way that you can turn it on even more is actually exercising in that fasted state before you break your fast. Exercise is also a great stimulator for autophagy. So fasted exercise can be a powerful way to induce that. And for some individuals, especially if you're very insulin resistant, okay, meaning that your body just, it's very hard for your body to get sugar out of the bloodstream and into the cells because you're insulin resistant, you may need, um, you know, you may need a longer period of time for fasting. And what I really highly recommend for most people is to do a 20 to 24 hour fast once a week. It's really like a dinner to dinner fast or a lunch to lunch fast. Okay, so you're consuming one meal that day um, <clears throat> and then you're fasting, you know, till, the, till that same time the next day. And that is a great way to make sure that on a weekly basis, you are driving up cell repair, cellular healing and detoxification. So you are stimulating that autophagy mechanism. So for me, on Wednesdays, I typically eat lunch and then I usually fast until lunch on Thursday. And right before my fast, or right before I break my fast on Thursday, I exercise at a really high intensity and I feel great. I feel wonderful doing this. And I'm really breaking down old damaged muscle tissue that my body should get rid of. And I'm turning that into energy. And then when I eat and I consume food after that, my body's creating new muscle cells, new healthy cells, new liver cells, right? It's creating new, healthy, um, restorative cells that have strong, stress-resilient mitochondria within them. And that allows me to have greater stress resilience throughout the day. It allows me to have better brain function, better energy, and I just feel so much better 
on a regular basis. So that's typically my day when I do it. And that's something that I recommend is you find a time or a day every week where you do a 20 to 24 hour fast, somewhere in that range to really ramp up autophagy. So again, that's another common question that I get. Now, another common question I get is, how is what should you eat? Like what are some of the best foods or what should you be looking to do during your eating window when you are eating? So for me, for most of the, most of the time I'm eating two meals a day, usually uh, somewhere between one and 2 p.m. And then uh, typically uh, my second meal is usually around 5.30, 6 o'clock, somewhere in that time period. And I'm trying to get a lot of protein, okay? I'm a huge fan of a high protein, high healthy fat diet. So I like to do about a, a gram of protein per pound of lean body mass, okay? So if, for example, I'm about 170 pounds and I'm about 10% body fat. So that's roughly, you know, if you take 17 off of 170 pounds, 143. So to really preserve my muscle tissue, to have great metabolic function, I want to roughly consume about 140, 150 grams of protein on most days, at least workout days for sure. Okay. So if you do, if you don't do that quite as much on a non-workout day, you'd probably be fine. Okay. You'll probably still preserve your lean body mass. But for me, that high protein approach really works well. So Usually for lunch, I'm consuming around 75 to 100 grams of protein, and I don't count it out. It's not like I sit there and count it out. Um, <clears throat> I just eat until I'm satiated, but I eat high-protein foods. So I eat meat, vegetables. I might make a protein shake um, where I put in 40, 50, 60 grams of protein in that protein shake with berries and avocado and stuff like that. Um, excuse me. A protein shake can be a great way to break a fast because it's easy on the digestive system. <clears throat> so that's usually one of the first things I do. After my workout, I have a great protein shake. I use <clears throat> some uh, bone broth protein, maybe some non-denatured whey protein, grass-fed whey protein, which is great for muscle building. Put that in there, about 50 to 60 grams. And then I'll oftentimes have some meat as well, or maybe some eggs that I'll cook up to get some extra protein, extra healthy fats. So very large meal for me. Now, depending on your metabolism, um, you may consume a, a much smaller meal. You may not need quite as much calories, but I'm usually consuming a lot of that. And I also love to have dark chocolate. It's one of my favorite foods, high in healthy fats, lots of polyphenols and antioxidants. So that's great. So I do that. And then for dinner, I'm usually eating really healthy protein, grass-fed beef, steak. Um, <clears throat> I'm consuming, we do a lot of uh, grass-fed burgers, grass-fed hot dogs. So we do a lot of things like that. I, I love to consume a lot of beef. That's my favorite meat and that and lamb uh, and bison. I love red meat. Uh, of course, sometimes we'll do fish. We do uh, wild caught salmon. Sometimes we'll do chicken or turkey or something like that. But for the most part, we're do usually doing some sort of beef and I'm consuming a lot of that. And then we're, we'll do different vegetables as sides. So we'll do like a big salad. My favorite salad is a Mediterranean salad where I put in um, hearts of palm, artichokes, cucumbers, tomatoes, olives. I have olive oil, lemon, lemon juice, and then a whole bunch of different herbs like basil, oregano, thyme, different things like that. They're that kind of mixed in there. And so I'm consuming something along those lines. So that's what I typically like. And then um, for a high carb, usually I'll do high carb, a higher carb meal, usually like once a week on, on most weeks. And my favorite is the against the grains pizzas. If you haven't tried those, they're amazing. It's cauliflower crust. Um, but they do have cassava flour, which is higher carbs. Um, and so I'm consuming that. My kids love it. We put little turkey pepperonis on it. 
<clears throat> and they taste amazing. Hey, I just want to take a moment, interrupt this podcast to tell you about Perfect Keto and their amazing keto collagen powder. It's a blend of MCT oil powder with collagen and it helps support your joints, your skin, your hair, your nails. It helps support fat burning, blood sugar stability, healthy brain function. There's so many great benefits to this because it helps turn on ketone production in your body and supports key amino acids like proline, glycine, and hydroxyproline that make your skin softer and shinier, that help reinforce and strengthen your joints and help support your gut lining. And so I love using this in protein shakes. And so they've got some great flavors. They've got chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, peanut butter, and salted caramel. And it's flavored with stevia, which is my favorite natural sweetener that does not impact your blood sugar. And if you want to avoid the stevia, you can also get it in an unflavored variety as well, which a lot of people like to use and put in their coffee. And so guys, check it out at perfectketo.com forward slash DRJ and use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 20% off today. So consume a lot of healthy fats, avocados, avocado oil, olives, olive oil, coconut oil. Grass-fed butter is amazing. I consume a lot of grass-fed butter. Um, eggs are great healthy fats. So you're looking for ways to get those healthy fats into your diet, as well as the proteins. And then I'm a huge fan of berries. Berries are lower in sugar, but really high in phytonutrients, really, really good for your body. So I consume berries almost every single day, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, um, depending on how well your body handles sugar will depend on how much you can handle. For some people, it might be a quarter cup or a half cup. For other people, it might be one to two cups of berries. Um, but that's my favorite fruit. So that's what I'm consuming. Again, it's the most nutrient dense, lowest uh, sugar impact type of fruit that you're gonna be consuming outside of lemons and limes and avocados and olives, which believe it or not are fruit as well. Um, so anyways, that's that's what I'm looking to do. And then I'm looking to get herbs on my on my foods. So things like cinnamon, basil, oregano, thyme, um, lots of these types of Mediterranean herbs that are amazing for your body. Ginger is another really good one uh, to be consuming on a regular basis. So that's what you're looking to do. And again, really try to hit your protein goals. Try to prioritize protein and then mix in healthy fats. The fats actually give the protein more flavor, right? So if you're just eating chicken breast, there's no flavor to that. You really want the flavor. So you should put the grass-fed butter, load it up with butter or olive oil. Um, that will give it more flavor along with the herbs and, uh, and give you more satiation. You need the fats with the, the protein to help you feel satisfied. So you're able to do the fast. So when you, when you, finish eating, like you, you eat your evening meal, it's much easier to fast till 12, 1, 2 o'clock the next day when you've had a lot of these healthy fats along with the protein. It just becomes, after a while, it just becomes really very, very simple. Um, and so you, it's, it doesn't take any willpower when you're consuming the right foods. So that's another frequently asked question I get. And then <clears throat> probably the most frequently asked question I get is, what can I consume while I'm fasting? Like what's okay to consume? Some people say, well, you can consume coffee with butter and whipping cream in it, right? So a lot of people do that. It's really common. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of people call it <clears throat> fat-fueled coffee or bulletproof coffee when they're doing that. And my general rule is this, like for me, I like to consume zero calories. If I consume any calories, I just feel like I'm, I'm more hungry and triggered. I'm, I'm more, I have more cravings. My energy is not as good. 
if I consume any calories during my fasting window. So for me personally, that works best. I do consume black coffee. So just coffee black. Now I'll put some salt in it, like a little bit of sea salt, because when you're consuming coffee, coffee is a diuretic. So you're actually going to lose some electrolytes. So putting a little bit of salt in it actually makes it makes you get more benefits out of the coffee. So, um, so I, I do do that. I will do herbal teas. So I will do like a ginger tea or a lemon ginger or Manuka honey style tea where it's not actually honey in there, but it's like an herbal tea bag that has Manuka honey, which is just great for your immune system. So I'll do something like that. Dandelion tea is another really good one. Echinacea tea for your immune system. So you can find a lot of these teas. I do non-caffeinated teas seem to work best for me as opposed to like a green tea. But then I'll get some caffeine if I do coffee. So that's what I'll do. However, now, if you are doing some sort of like a bulletproof coffee or, or if you're putting, you know, whipping cream or butter or something like that in your coffee and you feel good and it allows you to fast longer, right? It allows you to go to, you know, 12, one, two, and you just feel good doing that. I'm not against doing that. So if you just feel great doing it and you're accomplishing your health goals, you're burning fat, you're at your ideal weight, you're feeling good, your blood sugar is good, your insulin levels are good, your energy is good, your brain function is good and you're doing that, great, continue to do it. You don't need to tinker around or mess with it. However, if you're doing that and you just can't see and you're still doing intermittent fasting, but you're applying that and you just can't seem to get the last 10, 20 pounds or you've hit a weight loss plateau, you could try messing around with it and taking out, taking that out and see if that helps jumpstart your fat burning. If you notice that you're having a lot of cravings during your fasting window, that it's actually hard for you to fast, for 16, 18 hours, 24 hours. If it's hard and you're doing that, try taking it out and see if, it, see if it's easier. For a lot of people, they notice it is easier. As long as they stay hydrated, do some electrolytes, like some salts, um, they feel better. So what can you have during a fast? Certainly water, lots of water. You can have salt, right? So putting just some salt on your tongue actually can be a great strategy. Uh, a lot of people feel a lot better doing that, just getting a little bit of electrolytes in. Uh, you can do herbal teas, electrolyte mixes, possibly a lot of them are flavored with stevia, which is a good sweetener. However, during your fasting window, if you consume anything sweet, I know for me, it triggers more cravings. I get an insulin release. My blood sugar goes down. I have more cravings. I feel lightheaded. I don't feel as energized or as mentally clear. So I choose not to do that. And really with fasting, one of the best benefits of it is it helps reset your dopamine receptors. So anytime you're consuming sweet foods or like hyper palatable types of things, things that have a lot of flavor, it's stimulating all your dopamine receptors in your brain. So you're getting this huge stimulation. And that's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. It's a way that we enjoy life. However, we don't want to be doing that all day long. Otherwise, we actually dampen down our dopamine receptors and we need more and more stimulus to get these same response. So it's actually a lot better to go periods of time where we're not getting sweet, you know, lots of like salty kind of um, carb, car, you know, carb rich, you know, your potato chips and things like that, that stimulate your palate so much. So even if it's something like stevia, so I would take away any sort of sweetness during your fasting window and save that for your eating window. When you're consuming food, great, have some stevia, have some, you know, healthy brownies with stevia in them or something like that and do it then. Right, have a protein shake with berries and maybe a protein powder that's flavored with, uh, with stevia or monk fruit or one of these better sweeteners. So that would be a better time to do it. So during your fast, 
If you can do it, stay strict with water, maybe a little bit of sea salt and herbal tea. Okay, those are probably, or, or, and possibly black coffee. Now the rule with coffee is this. If you drink coffee, and, it, and you should feel great, coffee is a performance enhancer. So if you drink coffee, you should feel fantastic. If you have more cravings, if you feel lightheaded a few hours later, if you feel like you need to take a nap a few hours later, it's a sign that your body over responded or possibly you know, it can't metabolize the caffeine very effectively. Perhaps you have a genetic issue and we do see this when we do genetic testing where some people have very poor CYP liver enzyme function, uh, phase one liver detox, phase one liver enzyme function, and they're not able to metabolize caffeine effectively <clears throat> and therefore they have a, a poor response to drinking coffee. So if you drink coffee, you feel great, great. Continue to drink that. If you're not feeling good, try lowering the, uh, the caffeine dosage. You can actually get coffees with different amounts of caffeine in them. You can also try a different type of coffee. Some coffees actually have more mold toxins, mycotoxins in them than others. So try to get a mycotoxin-free coffee. And it might be the mycotoxins that you're responding to. Um, a brand I like is Life Boost Coffee, mycotoxin-free. Um, so that's one thing. And then also try just taking it out and see, you know, after a few days, after you get off of kind of the caffeine overload, um, see how you feel. For some people, they feel better without the coffee. So that's kind of the general rule there with coffee. And hopefully that really helps clear up many of the questions that you guys have when it comes to fasting. I really think fasting is the most ancient, inexpensive, and powerful healing strategy known to mankind. It's something that can absolutely transform your life. It's transformed my life and so many other people that I've that I know and that I've seen all over the world. And so it's something that I would, I would strongly recommend uh, that you adopt into your lifestyle, some sort of intermittent fasting <clears throat> strategy that you're doing on a daily, weekly basis. And it will, again, jumpstart your health and take you to the next level. We'll see you in a future video, be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.